how do we respond to Jesus Christ? How do we respond to Jesus Christ? Perhaps the most important decision we could ever make in this life is how we respond to Jesus Christ. Today we'll examine responses to Jesus Christ. First, we're going to look at John the Baptist's responses. Then we'll look at Louis Zapparini's response. And finally, our own. So, first, John the Baptist's response to Jesus Christ. Last week, we saw how John the Baptist responded to Jesus. He was a fire and brimstone preacher in the desert regions, drawing people out for confession and baptism. John was a minimalist in terms of dress and diet, and he was one of those in-your-face preachers, especially the religious folks, the Pharisees and Sadducees back then, and perhaps you and me today. Remember what he said to them and us? You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit according to repentance. The axe is already at the root of the tree. John was preaching the vengeance of God, and it was coming soon. Yes, John was on the desert highway, driving like the roadrunner or the whirling dervish, preparing the way for the Lord. John spoke the truth to everyone, no matter their rank or status, and whether or not they wanted to hear it, or whether we want to hear it. For he told Herod the truth about taking his brother's wife as his own, and this brazen act put John in prison. So this wild man in the outdoors was locked up in prison, wondering when the vengeance of God was going to come. So he sends some disciples to ask Jesus, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Can you hear John's frustration or his impatience? He's no longer preparing the way for the Messiah. He's rotting in prison. He's been in the religious and political establishment's faces, so, so he's now looking for the vengeance of God. You know, the axe at the tree. John was remembering Isaiah 35, 4. Say to those who were fearful hearts, Be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then the eyes of of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. So when Jesus sent back the answer, Tell John what you see and what you hear. Jesus left out the vengeance part. Jesus said, The blind receive sight, the lame walk, Those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. No vengeance. This Messiah came with love and healing, with peace and good news, but no vengeance. So John is puzzled. Where's the promised vengeance? If this is truly the Messiah, it's a both-and situation. Both good news and vengeance. Both healing and vengeance. Both release of the captives Hello, look where I am, and vengeance. It just can't be one-sided. Can you relate to being puzzled by our waiting, waiting, waiting for Christ to bring health, wholeness, peace, healing, release from the shackles of our putrid prison cells? Can you relate to John the Baptist and his questions of Jesus? Let's take a brief look at the story of Louis Zamperini and his response to Jesus Christ, and then we'll examine our own response. Louis Zamperini was an Olympic runner in the 1936 Olympics. He was then serving in World War II when his plane crashed into the South Pacific. Only Zamperini and two others survived the impact. He said, I arched my back out and popped to the surface, swallowing fuel and blood, Zamperini said. 
while clinging to a life raft, Zamperini prayed for one of the first times in his life, God, if I survive this ordeal and get back to America alive, I'll seek you and serve you. Zamperini did make it home, but only after being picked up by a Japanese boat and surviving through two years of torture in POW camps. As Zamperini nearly starved, a Japanese officer known as the Bird made it his personal mission to break him. His belt was about five inches wide, a half inch thick, with a big steel buckle. Zamperini said, he took that off and hit me across the temple, knocking me to the floor. Blood spurted out of my head. I was constantly being tormented by the guy. And you talk about hate. I wanted to kill him. Well, nightmares began in prison camp and plagued Zamperini long after he returned home to California. The nightmares were every night, he said. I couldn't get rid of it. Time wasn't healing his wounds. It was making them worse. One night, Zamperini dreamed he was strangling the bird. Instead, he woke up strangling his wife. Scared and desperate, he started getting drunk to forget about the horrors that plagued him. With her husband out drinking every night, Zamperini's wife Cynthia filed for divorce. After surviving so much, Zamperini was about to lose everything. That's when a concerned neighbor invited Cynthia to the Billy Graham crusade taking place in a Los Angeles tent dubbed the Canvas Cathedral. She accepted the invitation and then accepted Christ. Her husband wanted no part of Christianity, but his heart softened when Cynthia said she no longer wanted a divorce. Well, after storming out of the tent the first night, Zamperini amazingly returned for one more evening. That second night, the Bible verses Billy Graham quoted went straight to Zamperini's heart. Of all my near-death experiences, my life never passed before my eyes, he said. But when Billy Graham quoted scripture, my life did pass before my eyes. For the first time in years, Zamperini remembered the promise he made to God when he was floating in the South Pacific. My life passed before my eyes and I saw an ugly life. Yes, I had a lot of great times, a lot of great experiences, and a lot of escapes from death. But I still didn't like my life after the war. It was terrible. That night in L.A., Zamperini went forward and accepted Jesus Christ. And the biggest miracle of his life was set in motion. I knew I was through getting drunk, Zamperini said. I knew I was through smoking, and I knew I'd forgiven all my guards, including the bird. Never dawned on me again that I hated the guy. That was the first night in all those years I'd never had a nightmare, and I haven't had one since. Well, Zamperini's transformation was so encompassing, he returned to Japan to share the gospel with hundreds of Japanese troops he once hated. This time, they were the ones behind bars, imprisoned for war crimes. Zamperini watched as many of them accepted Christ. Friends, we have no idea what led the Zamperini's neighbor to invite them to hear Billy Graham. We have no idea why Zamperini's wife responded to Christ. We have no idea how Christ changed her heart about the divorce. And we have no idea what prompted Zamperini to return that second night. And finally, we have no idea what scriptures Billy Graham quoted. But what we do know is that Louis Zamperini responded to Jesus Christ. He responded to Christ's unconditional, patient, healing love. And we know that Jesus Christ continues to hold out the possibility of response to his love, and he hasn't yet applied the coming vengeance. So what about our response to Jesus Christ?
Well, we may not be having night terrors or nightmares. We may not be strangling our spouses. We may not even be out drinking every night. But all of us, in some way or another, have a brokenness, an illness, a quiet desperation, or a need. All of us are in need of the comfort, the patience, the healing, the peace, and the love of Jesus Christ. And all of us know friends, neighbors, family members, or colleagues who are living the same hell the Zamparinis were living. So friends, listen. You and I are in this text at verse 11. It says, I tell you the truth. Among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Yet he or she who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Did you hear your name? He or she who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. Let me tell you why this is significant. We have an advantage that John the Baptist didn't have. You see, John was beheaded prior to the finished work of Christ on the cross. John never saw, never heard, never knew of what happened on that cross at Calvary. You see, John never saw that the vengeance of God came at that moment on the cross. And it came upon Jesus Christ. The vengeance John was looking for came all right. It came with full power and full force. But it came on God's one and only Son. God poured out His wrath on Jesus the Christ on our behalf, for you and for me. So since we've seen the rest of the story, we have the advantage in that we can accept this loving, gracious act that Christ did on our behalf. When we do, when we say yes to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are then in the kingdom of heaven, and that kingdom is moving forward boldly, victoriously, triumphantly. We're part of the greatest force on the planet, the coming kingdom of heaven that has no end. And our role is to share this with our neighbors like the Zamparinis. But friends, listen closely. If we don't accept this extreme outpouring of love, if we don't accept this free gift offered by Jesus Christ, who took the full wrath of God, the full vengeance of God on himself, then there's no other alternative. If our response is to reject this gift, then we will have to take that wrath ourselves. So my friends, how do we respond to Jesus Christ? How do you and I respond to Jesus Christ? What radical new life does Jesus Christ have in store for you starting today? Amen.